What's good, everybody? You're now tuned in to the very first episode of the Creative Vibe Podcast. I'm your host, Demetrius Behind the Lens. And today's guest is music producer from the Boogie Down Bronx, now residing in Tampa Bay, Florida, Steady Styles. Thanks for coming on the show today, man. I'm happy to have you for the very first episode of the Creative Vibe Podcast, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Man, yo, D, thank you so much, man. This is a real honor and a pleasure, man. Thank you for making me a part of it. Thank you so much, brother. Yeah, well, it was only right. I mean, listen, you were one of the first, very first mentors uh, that I that I had in my life. I mean, uh, and so I think it's only right that it comes full circle when we start off the first episode of this this journey that I'm going to take with one of the first people that, you know, decided to take time out and help me, uh, you know, get into the creative world itself. So uh, it's only right. Oh, man, yo, Dean, let me tell you something, man. I got to thank you for showing enthusiasm because that's like a big key. Because even though uh, I want to show some stuff, you know, you showed the enthusiasm and interest that gave me the motivation to want to, you know, show you stuff and mentor you, you know, at that time, man. So thank you as well. How long have you been doing your thing, uh, you know, behind the pads? Um, I started in 87, um, but before that, what, what triggered that was, uh, was DJing, you know, my, uh, my stepbrother came in one day with some equi DJ equipment and just started doing some, you know, some crazy stuff in front of me. And, um, and it just so happens that, uh, just a few blocks away in Kingsbridge, I had Kid Capri that lived, uh, close by and everything. And, um... And as he lived close by, you know, I used to see this brother just do a lot of parties and a lot of um, um, a lot of live events when it came to DJing and everything. And um, so, as I was teaching myself how to DJ, as I was watching my younger my stepbrother, um, I think I took the initiative, man. And as crazy as it may sound, one of my biggest flaws was being impatient. Impatient, okay. man. So I've always got I always got lectured about that. But the one time I think that it benefited me was I didn't want to wait on my mom or anybody to help me buy my first DJ mm -hmm. equipment. So then I went and looked, I had a guy in my, in my building that had a hole in the wall record shop that he gave me my first job to get my first turntables. And at the same time, as I was learning how to DJ, you know, cutting and scratching, um, I used to watch Kid Capri a lot. And like I said, this guy lived a few blocks away from me. And then um, after that, after all said and done, in '87, in my last one of my last events, um, I was doing some live um, cutting and scratching live, and I had some brother, some guy, come up to me and say, "Yo, Shorty, um, do you mind doing those type of scratches you just did for my tracks or my demos?" Was the name at that time, and I said, "Hell yeah, man!" He says, "I'll give you the address to the studio, man. I'll, I'll give you the date, and you can come, man. You can bring somebody with you." And I said, oh, shoot, hell yeah. I've never been to no real studio before. So mm. all said and done, when we got there, and the studio was so big that in every private room, um, in every private room was a producer making a beat from either original beat to doing sample beats. I mean, you name it. It was like maybe four, five, six rooms, private rooms. And I was watching producers as he was giving me a tour around the studio. And I thought that was fascinating. I said, yo, this is what I want to do. 
this is it right here. I want to make some music right here. And that began in 87. And um, 87 just began my training. I just went and bought more equipment. My first, I got my first official job at the Bronx Zoo and then bought more equipment. And after that, you know, uh, that was all said and done, man. Then I started making beats, you know, from original to messing around with samples, you know. And uh, then a year later, uh, a homeboy of mine from the Bronx Zoo that I work with introduced me to Rado, you know, which was a partner of mine that I, I've been doing music with uh, since we were teenagers, man. So, you know, big shout out to my brother over there as well. So okay. in your career, you know, you've been in it since 87 and you've seen the phases. I mean, for you, you, you know, obviously must have seen it from the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s and to now in that time. That's a long time to be producing. Have you ever just wanted to just give up on this process here, like this journey? Because, you know, I know for me, you know, investing in equipment is long, takes a lot of money. Um, you know, you, you come out of pocket more than you get in your pocket. Uh, and obviously you got kids to feed. And now I'm a family man of four. You know what I mean? So in all nice. of those, yeah, in all of those decades, did you ever just feel like calling it quits? Did you ever take a quit? I'm going to be honest with you. No, I never did. And I'm going to tell you one reason why. And it's, it, may, it may sound crazy because I think me and Rado thought the same way together. And I think that's why we were so compatible. We wasn't doing this for the money at first. We wasn't doing this for the money because we just wanted, we just enjoyed watching everybody while out on our music. People kind of get amped up on our music. And I think that was like the biggest key to us just doing it. Because I think if we did have only focus on doing it for, I mean, don't get me wrong. We, me, you know, me and Rado did appointments at that time. And mind you, there was no such thing as social media at all. So you had right. to make appointments with Dev Jam, make appointments with Universal, make appointments with whatever record company was out there. And, and go in person and present your stuff. And then at the same time, if you uh, me and Rado met a lot of celebrities in the industry and spoke to them, sat down with them, you know, like Trek from Naughty by Nature. And, you know, we met Alchemist, we met Mob Deep, we met, uh, I mean, so I can keep greats, going, right? yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and it was a great pleasure man, to meet a lot of these brothers, man. You know, even the underground stars too, like Loaded Lux and them. And, um, and um, you know, and then as time went on, it was just the passion of, of us just putting our music out there. We just wanted to capture the hearts of millions of people out there in every fashion with our music. And we just didn't see the money. And I don't know if that was like the backfire a little bit of why you know we didn't shoot for placements off the back, like only in other words, just focus on placements that's it you know and so do you um, think that was maybe more more it was more of the love and just doing it and not thinking all right like we got to get placement we got to get certain other logistics in place in order for us to fully launch to that next step is that is that kind of what yeah what because the funny thing was is that we didn't have you know it's funny because you know what's the at, at that time I, I mean we were kind of knuckleheads too at the same time too you know <laughs> 
Um, but we didn't have. You could, you could get away with a lot more back then. There was no cameras, no <laughs> iPhones, no Siri, no mic pickup, nothing. I mean, you go to the subway and bust a light bulb and rob a dude for his Jordans and leave, and it'd be like the ninjas in the night. You know what I'm saying? Like nowadays, you can't get a block without someone getting a face scan, a, a photo, a video, put it on World Star. You can't do nothing now. So I already know. And it's, and it's crazy because we didn't, yo, we didn't even have a publishing card. You know what I'm saying? And it was, it took one brother. I don't know how how it how it got sparked, but I just know it took one brother to say, "Yo, don't you guys want to get paid while you sleeping? Don't you guys want to just you know because you guys got fire, you guys got beats, you guys got yo, you know you should have this publishing card so when somebody does pick it up, pick you up, or when it's a commercial soundtrack or an artist, they know you who guys it is, will be yep. making money, man, and you guys could be making money as you sleep, and then you wake up in the and bam and that sparked and like what and don't ask me why with if if we knew that we just was just too ignorant to pay mind to it i don't know what it was and um you know like on my other end i think it, you know then we finally got it you know we finally got the publishing card we got our ascap card and everything man but it's just crazy but yet it was just the passion of making music and the way everybody was feeling our music, we didn't focus on the money like that. If it came, it came. If it didn't, oh well, let's just keep pushing fire, keep pushing heat. And that's why I think it kept us kept doing it over and over, year after year. No matter if it was a letdown. And there was so many times we were close, you know, like my boy Chris Romero. He was my artist, but he was also my homeboy as well. And he knew big pun's brother-in-law and big pun's brother was named eddie and um i he introduced me to the cat eddie and he was a real cool dude really humble dude in person and everything and i think chris was trying to get like a little setup with pun and you know either hopefully meet us or to listen to our beats and you know and at that time too you know we went to a second visit and we met Pun's wife, Liza, at that time. And this was back in 99, if I'm correct, 98, 99. I think it was 99. Mm. And uh, a second visit, we came with our, you know, we came, I came with my CD, gave it to him. I said, yo, this probably got like everything that I think Pun would probably go bananas for. At least I'm hoping. So let me know, let me know what he thinks. And, you know, then after a while later on, you know, we got some good feedback on it and everything, man. You know what I'm saying? And he said, yo, he'll tell me straight up if he wasn't digging it, man, but he was digging a few of your stuff, man. So he is going to want to set up a date, man, where we could, you know, pick a track or two or three. And he said he would get it started, man. Then you could finally meet a, get the opportunity to meet him in person. I was like, thank you. Thank you. But then sure enough, of course, a few months later, that's when he passed away. And, um, you know, and, uh, and I thought that was going to be like my, uh, Big break, basically. A big break right there. Yeah. And um, then, you know, we were invited, you know, the brother-in-law invited us to the funeral. And sure enough, when there was a line outside, he brought us through the back of the funeral home to, you know, put us in front of everybody. And that it was interesting because that's when I seen Fat Joe on the staircase crying. So I didn't even really get a chance to meet him in person. And I saw, you know, his, his wife, Liza, and Chris Rivers, when he was six years old at that time. Oh, and yeah, uh Chris. <laughs> yeah, man. So it was interesting, man, you know, and um, but at the same time too, 
you know, like I said, just to, just to make a long story short, man, the passion of the music is what made us just continue this music, man. You know, and was there any pretty- was there any was there any artists throughout that time? Because obviously from 87 till now, there's been new producers and new people. Was there anyone that came across at that time that reignited more inspiration? Maybe you heard a certain producer and was like, oh man, that sound is dope. And then maybe it influenced some of your later, because I'm sure the beats that you made in 87, um, the things that you did in early 90s or mid 90s didn't sound like the early 2000s stuff. So was there any artist that you could say that came along the time you know, throughout the time that you've been doing your thing that sort of, you know, really sparked uh, more inspiration to what you did, to your workflow? Uh, Yeah, hell yeah. I think, um, you know, as we, when when me and Rado first started, it was about sampling. But then when I heard these other producers in the 90s, such as, you know, Dr. Dre was one of my biggest inspirations. Scott Storch was another one. Um, mm-hmm. And these are guys pretending to doing original music, you know, and, um, you know, besides, you know, RZA and Premier and guys like that who were also my inspirations, but they were more like on the sampling side, you know. And yeah, I love um, Premier. I love Premier for the samples, bro. Like, I just like sampling. And that's what I loved about y'all work, man. The way you used to hit the pads and the samples and they how it was just a feeling I used to get like, bong ding dong like use it chop up the, the sand I'm like, oh my god man this is crazy like oh man that was, that's oh yeah so i didn't ever realize that chopping was even out way before that time you know by molly mall molly mall legendary molly mall you know was yeah, one of those man. guys i think um he did it mostly with with old school beats you know he took the kick from the old school beat and the snare from the old school beat the sp 100 just... i think right or something like that they use yeah a lot of james yeah brand, exactly james brown samples yeah so what what yeah. is it that you use now what's your what's your what's your setup looking like what, what is your main i mean i'm i mean since since the 90s i've been using the akai npc you know and till today i still use the akai npc I've been an NPC head since the mid '90s, and um, um, early '90s I used to uh, jump on people's stuff, which inspired me to want to get the NPC. And then finally, I think in 1993 or '94, as when I got my first NPC, like my own, and um, it was the NPC 2000, then the NPC 2000 XL. And then it just kind of grew from there. Then, um, then, you know, using it for such a long time, which that's when you met me using the uh, 2000 XL, if I'm correct. Um, and that's pretty much when um, all the new technology came out with the MPC Renaissance, you know, when you got the mm-hmm. software and you could watch it off the monitor and stuff like that. And I was like, yo, okay, this is interesting. What the hell is this, man? And when I realized, when I understood the concept of it, I was like, okay, I can, I can mess with this. And, um, but I've been at Akai, man, been with Akai with the NPCs, man, for such a long time, since the mid nineties. And, um, I can't trade it for the world, man. You know, it's maybe do wonders, man. Well, there's nothing like that, that boom bap sound anyway. And that sort of, that's, it gives you a, a, stir, a certain nostalgic sound that you just can't get, you know, using any other software, you know what I mean? Or using any other program. So that's pretty cool. How about keyboards? Do you play your own music? Do you, 
Uh, is sampling still something you do a lot of? Because, you know, now obviously with sampling, everything has to get clearance. How, how does that work, you know, like for you? Do you still sample or are you trying to dip into more instruments on your own or uh, are you integrating more softwares with the hardware? I've been mixing it up, believe it or not. I've been trying to show, show, show some more versatility because I've done a lot of original music and um, stuff that I've actually been amazed that I couldn't say, wow, I actually did that, you know? Um, so I'm not a professional piano player, but I can play the keys to the melody I'm looking for. So it gives me such an advantage to sit there and play the keyboard to what I'm looking for. And then I guess it, I was just a natural to understanding how notes can connect with other notes, because I really never had nobody teach me how to understand the melodies and how what makes sense, what, what note you know, makes sense to go with the next note, you know, of a melody. It just came natural, man. I can't explain it, man. It was just a, it was a dope feeling that, okay, this kind of takes care of this. So I kept teaching myself how to play the piano, which is pretty much how Scott Storch said about himself. He taught himself how to play the piano. Now the dude is like a, a master. So I kind of sit there and kind of taught myself a little bit and everything. And I try to, and it's more easier for me to create original music because the simplicity of making original music is so simple now. Like now guys can just take one or two sounds, three sounds, and then put a dope beat behind it. And that's it. You call it a day, you know, just put that other sound inside the hook and let the red, you know, let the rest ride out. And then, you know, as long as you do some bridges and some breakdowns or some drops, you got yourself a dope track, you know? So the simplicity, you know, like for me, I get teased on my, my partner, Rado, where he kind of says, man, don't over orchestrate your stuff, man. Just keep it simple and this and that. I was like, no, I hear you, man. But I like I, I like, I like to see where all kinds of sounds go together. And then it's easy for me to mute it. I can mute the sounds that people don't want and then give them what they want, you know what I'm saying? But I, I like to see where I can go because I'm trying to test my ability. So. Um, uh, I'm kind of working with both. I'm chopping up a lot of samples, you know, quarter notes to half notes. I'm chopping up and, I, and you know, a lot of the videos will show me doing it live on the, on the video. And um, and I think it's pretty cool, man, the way they come out, man. Um, I don't know how brothers be doing the clearance of, of the samples. You know what I'm saying? I would like to get more ideas on how to get sample clearance at least to the obvious samples, because there's some samples that I chop up that I don't think anybody would know where it came from, you know? But, you know, unfortunately, there are some that I, I, I like it just the way it is. And, you know, people are going to know what it is. And I want to be able to get clearance on it and stuff like that, you know, because that's legendary for us in the, in the East Coast of using samples, man. You know what I'm saying? And well, that's 90s. all we could do. I mean, we didn't. Most of us didn't have drum kits, uh, affordable studio time, or nothing. So we had to find <laughs> any kind of. I think that's the beauty of hip hop, right? It's just taking everything and and and, and turning it into something else, coming from nothing. Taking lemonades and making, uh, you know, lemons and making lemonade. So, um, I wanted to ask: is is there any particular projects that you might have worked on in your time in your career at this point that you could be like, "Well, I'm really proud of that body of work." Uh, that you might want to share with the people? I would I'm say sure you've worked with, because I'm, I'm sure you've worked with tons of artists. I mean, obviously, look, we, 
my show is not really like I want to I got some a list or B list, whatever list of people. It's not about that for me. This show is really about like highlighting the, the gems that are kind of covered, covered up, you know, because we always, uh, yeah. you know, we, I'm not saying anybody can come on the show. Not anybody's going to come on the show, but people like you, there, there's a story there and there's a there's history and there's pictures and there's a journey there. And you've influenced people who are now like myself doing what I'm doing. And you're an unsung hero. And I think it's important to to highlight, you know what I'm saying? The things that you've done, because who knows what you're actually still sitting on, what you might come up with. And also like you're a legend in your own right. You know, we, you know, we look at legends and we think you have to sell plaques and, you know, in the background, you got to have platinum plaques. But yeah. I think legendary is how you affect people in your everyday life and what careers come from you. So let's just say you never sell a, a plaque. You never get a plaque on the wall. But the mm -hmm. kids you inspired now gets a plaque on the wall. That's you getting a plaque on the wall. This podcast is you starting a podcast because you you ignited somebody to somewhere somehow. So it's still it's still steady styles, you know, on the beat in in a sense. So, what would be a project you're proud of, and what do you think about being legendary but not necessarily having the accolades? <clears throat> Well, just just to just to quickly elaborate on the the when you say uh, teaching the youth, that was one thing. Uh, before I get to the project section, when I see you, know, and, and you know, unfortunately, you was one of those guys. You was one of those guys, man, that kind of like made me want to accomplish that and kind of motivated me more to work with others. Because when I used to see the youth in the street a lot, and I knew I knew what knuckleheads was out in the street running around, but I, yet I knew what talent they had, but nobody grabbed them physically and said, you know what, come upstairs, let me show you something. You, come upstairs, let me show you something. And another day, you, come upstairs, let me show you something. You know, and it was crazy how a lot of them, you know, took to it, you know what I'm saying? A lot of them bugged out, you know? And you'd be surprised how many, some ran with it, some didn't. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, thank, thank you, Lord. You know, you, uh, you know, fortunately, you was one of those guys too, man, that I met, and you know, and, and Tony, and my wife's uh, brother-in-law, who's uh, you know, kind of a big-time DJ out here in Florida, man. And he's he, and I didn't know I did anything. It was just him seeing me when he came and visited and saw it, and just being around the atmosphere in the room and everything. And he had a hard his shirt and. He said, yo, man, I got into DJing because you, man, this and that. And I'm like, me? What? And, you know what I'm saying? So it was like that caught me off guard, man. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and a couple of other young, you know, young brothers, man, and back in 95, man, that I was teaching that we were making a mixtape. And he was another one that made a big shout out to me on, on Instagram or Facebook when I visited New York. He said this nice, crazy speech about me. And I didn't, you know, and, and. You know, and please quote me. I, I I don't I don't glorify on people saying things about me. I'm greatly appreciated. I I I'm super grateful on it, man. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I do this out of the love, out of the passion, no money, no nothing, man. I just do it because I get a thrill off of people winning. I'm gonna keep saying that. I'm gonna keep emphasizing that. I enjoy seeing people win. I could be going through my own struggles. And I still thrive off of people winning, period. I don't know if that sounds corny, retarded to some people out there, but 
it's just the way it is, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time too, you know, I, I'm trying to help myself and get myself back on board because I do go through personal things in life and flaws, but yet once that music is in your blood, it's hard to lose it, man, you know? It's hard to lose it. So um, as far as projects, man, music projects, I, I think I can, I can really cherish a lot. Um, there was a brother named Dolo um, back in 2005 that he, this kid was a dope artist, man, and an album that he kept pushing out there and the kid was ridiculous out there from the BX. Uh, my partner, Rado, I produced a bunch of tracks for him and with him, you know, back in the 90s the mid nineties up to the mid two thousands. That was a, uh, yeah, we did videos and everything. And um, this kid named Arrogant, he was a battle cat for the Rough Riders. He was a new cat that came in. His name was Arrogant. And he was another cat that was, man, the kid was bananas, man. And I think I enjoyed, you know, uh, working with him a lot as well, man. So um, it was a lot of, it was a lot of dope accomplishments, man. You know what I'm saying? At the time, still, the social media wasn't what it like it was. So it wasn't like really posting stuff up for Spotify or things like that. Or, you know, I mean, I don't even think Reverb Nation had just came out. How did you feel about today's music industry market? How, like, how do you actually feel being that, you know, you from that era where it was, you know, analog and grassroots and things done on paper and going to a label to now? streaming and you being able to create your own content and technology making things so much easier to do like look at the stuff we're doing now you would have needed you know nbc or cbs to get this popping now we can just do our own thing so how do you feel about today's current climate in in, in music i you know what i'm loving it i love it so much because it gives a fair opportunity to people who want to be their own boss who want to be their own creator their own bring their own vision to life, you know? And I think with social media and streaming and podcasts and these live video shows, you know, um, help them get recognized. And I think with the big industries looking for fresh talent and new and new flavor, this is what they were doing, you know, shopping to see who's got the thing that's popping, podcasts, artists, you know, let me listen, you know, instead of going to these appointments, making appointments to, you know, to certain records, you know, like I used to do back in the days with, uh, I forgot what record company this was, I don't know if it was Universal or what, with Eric Beasley, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I, I think I love what's going on today. I love it so much, man. And, it, you know, there, I think there's so many cats now. I mean, for, for example, look at these cats now that are, in YouTube, whether they're gamers, you know, cats from LA, all you do guys do is, is just mess around, playing the living room, just videotaping each other <laughs> and becoming famous. And all of a sudden now, the more views and more views and more views and more views. And like my kids are one of them. My kids wants to move to LA because of these cats. This is your yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah, my daughter was talking about I want to go to I want to play with I want to go to LA and be at the Lakers game. I said, excuse me, you this is a Knicks house, first and foremost. <laughs> so you might leave a lot earlier to LA before. Okay. So you want to go to LA, you might go. Secondly, yeah, they they're they're trying to create videos now and do a lot because these kids can get paid, man. These kids can get a check. You get enough views and you do your thing. 
um, there's money to be made in it. It gives it, it cracks open a new world. It's good to hear that someone from your era is kind of like, I think now people are just getting it. I think people are just realizing like, it ain't going to stop. This is not going to, this train is going full. It's the A train express, you know, it's a Brooklyn Brown A train. It's just going to where it's got to go. Um, but I think it's good because it's going, I think things like this will also reignite people's careers like yours, you know, because now yeah. you can get more exposure. And that's why I, I've started this podcast because uh, people like you should be put at the forefront. You are a pioneer to, uh, to people. Like you've said, there's been plenty of people who have testimonies for you, but you come from an era where it wasn't like that. And we need brothers like you still around in the industry. You know, it's like getting a new basketball team, but they're all rookies. That's a whack team. You need a couple of Taj Gibsons and a couple of Derek Roses on the team to yeah. school the young and, and give that, that blanket of comfortability. Like, bro, you know, I, I've been here. We've been to the playoffs. We've, we've went through the wars together. So I got y'all. Y'all just use your young energy to take you further than I have. And that's kind of, you know, what I'm trying to do for, uh, for for all my mentors, Johnny Nunez, DWI, and yourself, is to say, look, y'all opened your doors to me. I've taken in that information. And with the times now and how technology is, you know, whatever y'all may not be able to grasp right away, I got it. Let's go that way. So that's good I to hear. I think the beautiful thing is too that forced a lot of people to do learn how to invest in themselves. I think I, I was a big factor to that. I didn't want to, like I said, I didn't want to waste no time on asking my mom for help. It forced me to go and get a job and want I, I was just impatient. And that flaw became out to be a positive thing in my life when it came to all this. And um then when my mom saw that, she kind of said, Yo, you know what? Because you got that turntable, I'm going to help you get the other one, you know? And still, I didn't pay no mind to that. But when she did, she did, you know? She supported me. And that, and seeing the youth now and all this independent uh, this independent way of, of upbringing yourself in the, in, the, in the music industry or film industry, in the podcast industry, et yeah. cetera, et cetera, I think, you know, with the way streaming is, I love the way things are set up now where, you know, you can get paid just for people listening to your stuff a few cents, but it all adds up. You can get paid people to, you know, lease your beats. You can get paid. I mean, it's just ways down that you can get paid and just live an average life still. And whether you can do a part-time job as you're making money. That's why I listen to a lot of guys, inspirational producers out there, such as uh, Cato, the producer, and DJ Payne. These guys leave some positive quotes, industry quotes and questions and, and powerful messages for producers, for artists, for everything. That's, I think, a lot of people should read and repost a lot. And um, that's a big factor, man. So I love the way the things are, and I hope it continues to get better. It makes a lot of dreams come true for the youth, takes them away from the negative things that are out there in the street and life and makes them become more independent, more business-like hopefully in a positive way. And um, hopefully that continues as it goes, man, because it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing. So it gives a fair shake to everybody out there. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it does. Technology now is uh, alleviating because back in the day, man, if you couldn't get into a, a big recording studio or, you know, work with a director and shadow him, the equipment was quite big. It was hard now with your iPhone. I mean, listen, I've got three lenses on here with some good lighting. And all these integrated apps, you could shoot a mini film or at least put all your ideas 
on, you know, out there and then sell it off to a production company and get a check if you got your things in line. The amount of information we have here, you know, guys are, you know, want to shoot music videos and start their own labels instead of out there, you know, doing the stuff that they're doing. And, you know, I hope one day to be able to do a program for the youth where, you know, we put more guns down, especially in the States, put the guns down and pick the cameras up and start shooting that. Let's start shooting life into people. Let's stop taking our lives and let's take that cannon. You know what I'm saying? But let's let's lock and load in a better way. If you're a shooter, respect the shooter. Shoot some life into your mans. Keep them alive. You know, let's create and do more. Um, being that I'm in the UK, um, you know what I'm saying, with the mandem out here in the UK, um, you know, being out here for five years, I've seen the scene here. You know, the UK has kind of been a bit behind its states in terms of the music impression on the world. But they're coming around now. And uh, have you, is there any UK people that you got your eye on, listen to, producers? You know, the whole drill scene is crazy right now. So, you know, is there any UK influences? I don't know them offhand, their names. I know there's a, a female one that's really caught my eye. Oh my God, what's the girl name? Be careful, Gigi Pie's seeing this. No, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Gigi, I'm just playing. Yeah. Oh my, man, my wife has been a, a major blessing with me in this music. She's been pushing me. And even with my struggles right now with my health and everything that been kind of a, felt like a setback with the music and just, you know, households ways, she's been a major blessing, man. So I'll give a big shout out to my wife, Gigi Styles, man. She's my online manager because she's goes on there, checks yeah, all the yet. status and everything. And it's amazing because she wanted to do it. You know, she she's like a computer geek. You know, I'm not a computer savvy person like, you know, like, you know, like she is. She's a computer geek. So uh, I, without her, man, it would be I, I probably I'd be I'd be a, somewhat of a caveman when it comes to certain things. So I thank her so much, man. I love her to death. Um, you might be you is, might be you might be styles. No steady. She's probably the steady. You're the styles. And you kind of come together. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. She keeps you steady. You got the style. She keeps you steady. Yeah, shout out to all the women that hold men down. I'm, you know, shout out to my wife Tatiana too, because I know I'm a pain in the ass. That's a fact. But you yes, know. man. Well, you know, us Latinos, man. Sometimes we get, you know, we get a certain <laughs> way, man. It's that Latino heat, you know, that Eddie Guerrero vibe. You know, we just we mean well, but we, you know, sometimes we, we, you know. Would you be interested in doing more collaborations with UK artists and producers and things of that nature? Oh my God, of course, man. Let me tell you, not because you in the UK, D, I've always been a fan for UK because from the movies I watched from back way back when, when I was a kid till now, I've, you know, I have on my wall, I got an England, London uh, on my wall um, plaque. You got the Union Jack? I, you got the Union Jack flag? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's the flag one that says England and it says London on the bottom, you know? And then I got my own shirt that has the London flag on it. I had it for ages, man. You know what I'm saying? Because London to me was just a, a, a New York, a, a Europe version of New York, you know? Yeah. And that's what it was like, you know, like my wife's dream is to go to Paris and go check out Paris. Like for me, it's to go to London, to be on the London Bridge and, and you know what I'm saying? So, and I've seen what Tower London Bridge. has. It, it, you know, we get mixed up with that. That's Tower Bridge. They, everyone Tower thinks Bridge? it's London okay, Bridge. Tower Bridge. All right, so just, just so New Yorkers know, the London Bridge is down the river and it's just a normal bridge. It's oh, a okay. normal bridge. 
The Tower right. Bridge is the one that everyone thinks is London Bridge, but that's the, t- the Tower Bridge. That's why it's got the two big towers and stuff. Like that. So just right. just in case. So so when you come here, you know, you get, you know, obviously you'll come check me, but and you'll be good. But you know, just in case you got some friends who go there asking for London Bridge, we don't want them to get, you know, caught up with the men. Them the wrong guys did not know what bridge is what. So. <laughs> But we don't know anybody out there. You and Tatiana are the only ones that we would know out there other than the people that I've stayed connected with in London, you know, as Mm -hmm. far as like through Facebook and stuff like that, you know, because I purposely always reached out to a lot of producers out there and artists out there at the time. Um, uh, As far as that that producer um, that was, was, that Pop Smoke was using, you know, that dude right there, woo, I salute him, man. You know, that drill beat and everything, man. And this kid made a name for himself. And just, just to think that Pop Smoke went and just was just blowing up with his beats and everything. And I, I was just going to hope that, that he was going to get the fair shake and get the pay that he deserved and everything, you know. Uh, you know, may he rest in peace, you know, Pop Smoke. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I know, I know, I know England has got tons united kingdom has got tons of talent and um in well, all areas well what a, i got an artist out here uh, i'm working with his name is mr benjamin so shout out to him he's a really diverse artist and one of my goals now is to kind of fuse his music with some of the guys that i know back home so i'll definitely you know be looking to, to do some of my own dj khaled puffy vibes where i kind of bridge the gap that's one of the goals here as well is to get uk artists and and u.s artists to make more of that music because when those sounds come together oh man it's just rocking and it benefits both because you know the girls and the guys that you know they love the u.s you know the u.s swag and when they come over there they get all the attention and they love the london swag so i think you know as time goes on with the internet and how things are going i think we could kind of bridge that gap more because it's been a huge gap for a long time and and for rightful reasons but i think now we could really get some interesting music going into the future uh one of the other questions i wanted to ask you steve is um do you have anything going on now any projects anything you're working on that you might want the people to check out um that you might be working on or anything like that? Any projects? Um, <clears throat> at the moment, not right now. I am getting some projects put together right as we speak, you know, um, this right now, this is just a comeback for me, you know, uh, during the, uh, during my time of, uh, my health issues kind of put me in such a delay and setback. And, um, my family, my wife was refusing that I try to focus on the music. So I get everything straight with my health and everything. And, um, and uh, because there are people that have been reaching out to me about projects and stuff like that. And, you know, and I know some people will kind of like probably feel, you know, you know, probably uptight too, because, you know, I wasn't around, you know, when, when they needed me and stuff like that. But hopefully they understand what was what's really going on. Um, but I am getting projects put together. I have to get more projects. I am going to, I'm going to have another discussion with Rado, my partner, because he's got, you know, he's got things popping like crazy. He's got videos coming out left and right. He's got the Banging Tables. Big shout out to bangingtables.com. You know, right. it's all about the producers, DJs, engineers, you name it, you know. So I always will, you know, suggest people to go check out that website, man. And, you know, Chef Rado is back in the scene, man, with his albums and everything and coming out with hot beats as well. So um, I'm going to definitely be working on some projects later on with him. 
And I think he also talked about doing a podcast too later on. So that's going to be something to be interesting. So I hope you get an opportunity to, you know, really, you know, get a chance to talk with him as well, because he'll have a lot to talk about. I'll tell you that much, man. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, he has a lot to show for it too as well, man. But I'm right behind him, man. These guys are giving me support to, you know, make me the biggest comeback, you know, you know, with the beats and everything, man. I just got to put some new tracks together and just come back harder than ever, man. And, but, you know, but they say first, man, you got to take care of your health first, man, because then, you know, you're used to see your family. You're used to see your family, man. I would love to see. As a fan of both of you guys, I would love to see another hard hits production album, uh, beat album, or even take it a step further. And this is just me throwing a little nugget out there. And I can, you know, off off cam, we could talk about that down the, down the line is uh, putting together a collaborative album, sort of like how Khaled does, where he gets all these producers and people together and do a hard hits production again. Man, I would love to see you guys come together, even if it's just for one more go around. Uh, a collaborative project with you two guys on the front and some new artists rapping over beats and something like that. A hard hits, you know, uh, collaborate collaborative album or project would be really ill. So maybe we can talk about that down the line. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, man. Yeah. That's, that's such a beautiful thing, man, to really bring back that era, you know, with the hard hits that we, me and Raider was uh, doing together, man. So, um, and that was the era that a lot of the industry knew us as. So, um, I think that's a great idea, man. And that's something I definitely, you know, want to bring up and, you know, bring that up to Rado too, man, because he is it from the brother like you. He'll get like. Yeah, he'll get inspired, right? right? We'll talk. We're going to look. We're going to have him on the show. So he's going to go through his journey and we're going to, you know, touch on some of the same questions and, get you know, put him out there to the world and to the UK and to to everybody. So I want to push for that, man. I think it would be cool to see you guys not only just do like a, a beat collaborative album, but get some artists on there and do the same thing that Khaled's doing, you know, with your respected artists from Florida, from Tampa, from the UK, and put it out. You know what I'm saying? Why not? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, definitely, man. I'm all for it, man. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for that, man, because that's what Rado was doing with the Banging Tables, his Army Through One projects, man, his Army Through One. And he was grabbing artists and putting them on this project with his beats, you know? So yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's that's the type of thing. That, so I wanted me and him to put one together, you know. So I think that's a discussion that me and him will definitely have. And, um, you know, and this kind of helps me out more, even, you know, with this interview and everything gets me, you know, gets me back on board, you know, on because that, that's pretty much what I'm trying to get back is my consistency since the setback. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty much it, man. And, um, and you know, just these type of plans, you know, two heads, three heads are better than one. So, you know, this idea you bring it up, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great idea. Definitely. Uh, thank you so much for that, man. Well, listen, Steve, you know, we've been rocking out for a good minute now, but, you know, I've got to get going. But I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, man, for coming out and, t- and taking this time out. Um to do this first, very first exclusive thing. This is new for me. I kind of was shy to get behind the mic and do this for a while, but um, I enjoy talking to people and having good conversations and I look to push this forward. And uh, I'm just very happy that I could say that, you know, someone who's helped my career out, I'm able to now kind of do the same and put a platform out for them and come full surface with London, with podcasting, all of this stuff. So I really thank you for coming on the show today, man. Thank you. Man, I'm... I'm speechless here, man. I I can't thank you enough, man, for 
bringing me on, period, man, and and just showing the enthusiasm to want to learn back then and, you know, helping me motivate myself more to want to show people and teach and stuff like that, man. So I thank you, you know, for first being a part of the family. That's number one, being a part of the family and then becoming the music thing. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of love to you, Tatiana, and your, and, and your kids and everything, man. I thank you so much, man. And I'm sure me and Rado are, are very grateful to have, you know, have, you know, meet, you know, met you at the time as well, man. So thank you, brother. Well, thank listen, we're so we not, we, and we're not done yet. You're going to come out to London. Giselle's going to go to Paris. Y'all going to take some epic photos with me and there'll be more stuff to talk about, more creative projects going on on this end. So yeah, don't even worry about it. Where can they find you? How can they see, hear your music and everything? Let, let the viewers know where they can find Steady Styles and, and the music. Okay, so right now you can go to SoundCloud, you know, find me at Steady Styles. Make sure you spell Styles with a Z at the end. Steady Styles on SoundCloud. Um, Instagram, you can find me on um, Steady underscore Styles underscore Producer. Same thing with Facebook, set up that way, Steady Styles Producer. Twitter is just Steady Styles. SoundCloud, just Steady Styles. Man, my YouTube is under construction, man, but you can find um, Steady Styles. On my YouTube, I do have videos up and everything. You know, I had to redo a page again, man, and everything. But I also, at the same time, I think I think I have DistroKid. I'm on DistroKid and Spotify. So I think they have a lot of my music done on there on the listing as well. If you want to check out my music, there will be a lot more music coming and everything, man. So be prepared. I'm coming with all kinds of music, from original music to sample music, chap music, you name it, man. So... Can't wait to get the projects going and just continue to make music, man. But these are pretty much the the social medias that I'm, you know, where you can find me on. All right, man. Well, you already know. You've heard it from the man himself. So get at him for, you know, some dope beats and dope production. And this has been the official first episode to the Creative Vibe podcast with your host, Demetrius Behind the Lens, Steady Styles. Thank you for coming on. Peace out. Peace out, baby.